Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check us out to build a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host back at it again, Robin Bailey, with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. And Al, I'm looking out the window. There's some sunshine. It looks like we warmed up a little bit. Are you going to be out on your bike? You're going to get out there and try to fit in just a little bit more before it becomes prohibitive for you? Yeah, you checked all the boxes there. And, you know, usually by this time of year, I've hung up the bicycle and got out the skates and playing hockey, but I'm not playing hockey this year. And one of the reasons was I could extend my cycling season a little bit longer now as it cools down. And you get some of those rainy days, it's a little bit tougher to get out than, you know, when it's a beautiful, warm, sunny day. But that was my plan. So I'm going to stick to it and, and get out this weekend and enjoy the fall colors. Well, Al, I've always been motivated by the exercise that you do. And you talk about having your Zen time on the bike, but I'm definitely not a road biker. And I was having lunch with Lane Quelch, who was at Sunlight for many years and now is over at Desjardins and just a wonderful guy. And we became friends over the years. And two years ago, he moved to Vancouver. And he was showing me that he's really gotten into mountain biking. Mm. Now, mountain biking and doing trails, that's something that I could see myself doing. So you never know. Maybe next summer where I'll be introducing the podcast and I'll talk about doing some mountain biking. So we'll see. Well, I'm so excited. I love these Fridays when we're recording podcasts. And inside our digital studio today, we have joining us Leon Penambulum, an intimidating last name, and hopefully I didn't butcher it too much. Not at all. I'll do a little bit of an intro and then we'll get started. He is the founder and CEO of Samos Insurance. Leon has spent 20 plus years in the insurance industry in North America, leading firms including Manulife, Cowan Insurance, Canada Protection Plan, and many more. Throughout his career, he has led critical initiatives from redesigning the distribution strategy for one of Canada's largest insurance companies through to conceptualizing and launching a startup incubator for a financial institution in Canada. As the CEO of Samos Insurance, a VC-backed insurtech offering on-demand insurance for the uninsured and the underinsured, he continues to push the boundaries of how technology can be leveraged to provide Canadians with the right coverage when and how they need it. He is a recognized thought leader and frequent speaker on insurance distribution and the critical role of technology and innovation in insurance. He was also a registered advisor under the Registered Insurance Brokers of Ontario. Welcome to the show, Leon. Thanks for having me, Robin. And Al, I appreciate it. Well, part of the reason, and I've said this before on the podcast, I love meeting new people. I love meeting really nice, interesting people. And because of the way the podcast has turned out, we're finding our guests by introduction almost exclusively. And because we have really good people on the podcast, we're meeting 
other really good people. And I find that people want to introduce you to really good people that they know. They don't want to introduce people that are like eh, a little bit lackluster. So we keep meeting these interesting people. And Leon, before I met you, I met Siggy on your team. And Siggy was referred to me by a chief people officer and just said, hey, check these guys out. It sounds really interesting. And we had an interesting conversation with Siggy. And I think rather than me talking about in your bio, hey, here's what Samos does. I thought that's where we could start this episode. And if you could give us an overview of who is Samos, what is it, who's it for, that sort of thing. And then we can dive into you know some questions. Yeah, absolutely. And so who is Samos? That's such a, almost a philosophical question, but our objective has always been, you know, it's a stat that, you know, you both have been in the industry a long time and you read my bio and I've seen lots of things, whether it's through the carrier manufacturer, through the broker, PNC, life, health, technology. I've been so part of this ecosystem embedded and there's still this stat that is staggering to me that, and you said it before in the intro, Robin, there's uninsured and underinsured people still there. And that stat hasn't changed as long as I can remember in this industry. It's always felt like it's hovered around that 50% mark. And it's always staggered me. And I see these situations always where unfortunately something occurs and people look in the rearview mirror going, I wish I'd done something differently on my financial planning, right? It just, it happens. And we have really good brokers that are out there. We have really good insurance companies are out there in this country. And it doesn't seem to get across the line. And so that's something I've always been very passionate about. And I've seen it. I've been so blessed over these years to actually work on the front lines and talking to customers and that sort of thing. So Samos has always been about their gaps. How can we fill this gap? And we have to be able to fill this gap in insurance with these on-demand solutions, because that's what people are waiting for. That's what they need. That's what they need in this environment that we're in. Like everything's so technologically advanced. I can buy a couch on my phone, on Amazon, and in Prime, I have it in two days, right? Like that's just the world we live in. And so as an industry, we need to catch up to that. So we thought, let's be very focused on these niche solutions where people are needing insurance and protection when they need it most. So that's the best way to talk about it is that we actually build these on-demand insurance solutions for customers when they need it and how they need it. That's in a nutshell what it is. I'm always curious because it's not something that I would have thought of naturally until I had that initial conversation with Siggy and I'm thinking, wow, that's really interesting. I know we talked about it a little bit in your bio, but what's your background? Because how do you end up at this point? How do you start because I, I love the entrepreneur journey. So I'd love to hear about your younger days and maybe take us through to where did you hear this? Like, how did you find out uh, there's a gap here? And I think I can bring something to the market that can fill that gap and you know make people's lives a much better experience. Yeah. Great question. And like, I ask myself this all the time, like what's this evolution in this journey and dating back to like as a teenager, just having friends and watching these entrepreneurs that are parents of theirs, right? And, you know, my parents are immigrants from South America to Canada, and I'm born and raised in Ontario, but watching them try to figure it out, right? And my dad's a machinist and an engineer by background, right? My mom was an English major. They both came to Canada to go to school. And you look at that, right? And then that was one lens, very hardworking people and wanted to give us the best life. And like, there's four of us siblings. 
And then, you know, I'd start getting introduced to like, wait a minute, there's, there's something different about this entrepreneurial journey. But, you know, you just kind of very stereotypically go down like this educational path. And I think it's very difficult in those days to actually decide really quickly, I want to be an entrepreneur. I think it just, it comes to you, right? So you fast forward to, I hadn't ever worked in insurance and it was actually Manulife and I still bleed green to a certain degree, right? Because they gave me such a phenomenal opportunity in my younger days because I had actually worked for General Electric at the time. And so GE was such a life-changing experience for me because of their Six Sigma methodology, right? Everything was data. And I remember like those days, it was like the Jack Welch days. You know, always talk about, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be in the mailroom. You can be like one of my senior vice president, executive vice presidents. We try to take the subjectivity out of things and try to talk data, right? And so we track everything. And so it was such a cool experience for me. So Manulife, that's what they're trying to do. They're really trying to going through the demutualization process and trying to make sure that they're positioning themselves properly. So they actually loved that background for me. So they gave me that shot without having anything to do with insurance and not knowing anything about it. Such a cool experience for me because I got to see so many aspects of the business and try to make it efficient and try to find where there are gaps. And that was a little bit of this I ended up being in these very transformational kind of roles. Yet you'll talk about digital transformation, you'll talk about innovation, those sorts of things. Those were not tags at the time, but that's exactly what we're doing because you just have to. And when I think about moving through some of these other companies, right, that's where I fell into. I always fell into, let's try to wrap our heads around how to launch something better, meet the customer where they are. And like I said, I, I said to you earlier, Robin, I, I've been pretty blessed to be in those situations. And at some point you realize that there's still a big machine that you have to vie for resources and prioritizations and those sorts of things. And I always thought to myself, hey, wait a minute, why can't I ever do this on my own? And that's a little bit of where that journey started coming from. So Leon, previously you had talked a little bit about people who are underinsured and uninsured. Can you talk a little bit about exactly what you mean by that? Are you talking, you know, life insurance, health insurance? And then the second part would be, how is it that your company addresses that with the products and services that you guys provide? Yeah, great question. And so this will be traditionally on the life side, which will obviously, as you both know, include group coverage. It includes the life coverage in there. And, you know, that's a stat that we've always heard and, you know, that'll always hover and think specifically it's around 44%. The last stat I saw where there were people that had gone through and understood what planning meant. And they realized that 44% of those people were like, I just don't have enough or I have none at all is what it is. And that's the stat. Like I said, I've heard for a very long time and we always try to address that. And so we would try to address that at Samos is when we created the surgical risk flagship product, and I'll tell you about the origin story on that one in a minute, but when people end up in that situation where you're mortal, right? You're mortal. Once you're talking to your healthcare team and your surgeon, they're actually telling you about the risks that every surgical procedure has a risk, right? That's statistically obvious, but not always obvious until you were in that moment. And so that's where we realized creating something on demand for people that doesn't matter what planning I've done before, whether I feel like I'm fully insured or I'm actually in that position where I'm uninsured or underinsured, 
We just want to make sure we can fill that gap. And so we did that actually by on demand, being able to do that with like limited to zero underwriting, in fact. So I totally get where you're coming from in terms of being, you know, underinsured or uninsured. Obviously we are in the industry. I mean, we see that all the time, whether it's people we're working with or even people that we've worked with for a long time. It's tough for people, I think, to understand the magnitude of losing someone and all of, you know, the financial benefit that they provide for the family. So it doesn't surprise me at all but great for you to be trying to fill that gap. This is an on-demand product that you talked about. Typically speaking, someone finds out that they uh, need surgery. They look you up on the internet. They call you up. What do they do? Right. It's a great question. So awareness is obviously the biggest hurdle for us. I think even in an industry perspective, you're talking about holistic financial planning, right? Preparedness for your financial security, for you know leaving that legacy. And there's a proactive responsibility there, right? Where people do so, but you know, sometimes it's a knowledge transfer thing. It's an education thing. And when you're in the moment, it's actually very hard, right? As you both know, to be able to really go and go through the underwriting process to do that. And so to answer your question, the way we actually did it was we were always adamant as a company. And I think I told you about the mission. It's like being able to be there to fill a gap, to fill a niche when you need it most. So the, when you need it most part is always what drives us. So there is zero underwriting to this because we actually came at it from a data perspective first. So when you think about our platform, the way we start is with the data model. So we need to understand, and this is insurance 101, are there risks here? And is there an ability to mitigate those risks with insurance? So that's the way we do it. And so going through that process, like I was adamant that if someone's in a situation, they need to buy this quickly and on demand is the, the key word. You can't go through 12 questions, 15 questions. You just can't do it. So it's our data model that actually afforded us the opportunity to be able to say, listen, we know too much about this specific niche. We've got millions, millions of lines of data. We've got a hundred years of predictive algorithms, right? On the machine learning side that actually produce probabilities for us that didn't exist before. And by being able to do that, we're able to then, by you know, three questions, able to deliver a policy to somebody. So can you talk a little bit about how your product works with someone who already does have insurance? They're not uninsured. Maybe they've got some coverage through work. They've got some personal coverage. Do you guys look at that? Do you say, well, how much is in force already and do you even need this? Or is it a case of simply, hey, I think I need another half a million dollars of coverage? So people can actually look us up and people do find us on the web. So there's direct customers that actually will find us. We actually go through our broker channel as well. So we have contracted brokers that again, have this solution on their shelf as well, whether that's individual or group. We actually white label this for other carriers as well, because from a platform perspective, it's actually very hard from a legacy systems, right? To be able to do something like this on demand and immediate. So those are the channels. And there's two things that, have probably shocked me the most in this entire journey over the past three years. The first one was I didn't actually see it as a group benefit offering first, but that's the thing that actually took off more than the individual side, believe it or not. And so we actually give that a lot of airtime. And the second thing was, and it's hundred percent, I can say in all confidence, a hundred percent of the people that have actually purchased from us and have actually activated this surgery risk protection coverage, they all have existing coverages in place. So why is that? And so we talk about that. I'm very fortunate that our customer care team 
they always try to get customers to actually spend some time with me with you know all confidentiality and privacy like we always offer that and i love listening to these people and what's always struck me over these past couple of years is again going back to when you're proactive you're going through the financial planning processes right something as simple al as i'm sitting with you you know as an advisor and we're talking about okay what are your financial needs right now what are they in the future but one of those key elements is like what's your lifespan what's our presumption on how long you're going to live right and then what kind of retirement funds do you need those sorts of things so you think about that process let's say that's 80 it's 85 it's 90 it's 100 so now you come to this present time again hence the on-demand nature of this where someone's actually looking you in your eye and saying we're really good at what we do however i have to advise you of these risks now all of a sudden my proactive 85 years of planning kind of goes out the window right so that's to answer your question going so this is supplemental right on top of any coverages you have so you can have ad and d you can have traditional life you can have your group benefits coverage right all those sorts of things just another top up and so many of the customers i've talked to saying i'm in a situation right now i'm worried so anything more that i can get to top this up i would do this for my family that's really cool. The more I chat with either you or Siggy, two things, the more I understand it and the and more I like it. And I think we're going to have some good conversations, especially once this episode comes out in our network of people, employers and entrepreneurs and, and chief people officers and directors of HR. I think we'll have some good conversations. Can I go back though? Because you intrigued me with something that you said. Can you tell me a little bit about your parents? You said they came to Canada and from South America, but you didn't say where. So let's start there. Where would your parents come from? Yeah, sure. They came from a little town just on the top of a little country on the top of South America called Guyana. So British uh -huh. Guyana is where they were from. And it's interesting. So they knew of one another. Then again, pretty small community in the end, when you think about it, most of Guyana is actually Amazon, right? So when you look at actually where people live, and so obviously families knew of one another, but they actually didn't know each other till they actually came to Canada, both coming to school. Is that right? And I think about in this day and age, right? To pick up from a very tropical climate, by the way, into the dead of winter <laughs> to come to school and fall. I'm like, wow, that's quite the journey. So were all your siblings born in Canada? Yeah, we're all actually born not too far down the street from where I reside right now. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The reason it resonated with me because my parents immigrated to Canada too. And again, you think about what they did. And I recently recorded, my mom's 82. And I recently recorded on this platform an episode that no one will see. It won't be released. An episode of just from starting out as a little girl in England to growing up to meeting dad to having my brother and sister in England to deciding, hey, we're going to go to Canada for a better opportunity. Me arriving, I always used to bother my brother and sister saying I was the only true Canadian in the family because I was the only one born here. But I have a lot of gratitude and dad's gone now, but mom's still around and dad helped me get into the business. Anyone who knows me knows that story. And I have a lot of gratitude for this sacrifice and what my parents mean to me and, and what my mom still means to me. That's why I wanted to record. I, I really believe in having those moments in time captured. The name of this podcast came from a Tony Robbins saying, and he probably stole it from someone else. Success leaves clues, right? And that's what we're doing here today. And that's why I'm very interested in hearing your story, because I know every time Al and I have a conversation with someone like yourself, we get clues. And then I know the audience gets clues. 
And the other saying that I truly loved was if a life is worth living, it's worth recording. And again, that's why I love these podcast interviews. So I'd love you to just chat a little bit further about, you know, do you think about those things that, hey, my parents, they made a really tough decision and probably sacrificed a lot, didn't have a lot. And here we are, and here you are, you know, a successful entrepreneur. I'd love to hear just a little more about that because I don't think we talk about that enough. You're 100% right. And my wife and I, we talk about that as well. And same thing, her parents had emigrated from Turkey as well. Same thing to come to school and find this opportunity here. And she and I were always talking about like how blessed we are about that. But then you look at why do they come and what do they ingrain in us, right? And so you can hear all the stories about like hardworking and everything like that, right? You get it. But what was always important to me is, okay, what am I trying to leave for my kids, right? Again, to your point, is those clues. And we talked earlier about, I had to learn about the fact that entrepreneurialism was actually even an opportunity, right? It never really came naturally to me versus our kids were constantly saying, you like that, right? You like gaming, throw it on YouTube, right? You like that little thing that you did, like throw it on TikTok, right? There's so much accessibility for these things. And just to know that it's just like one other option that's there. So to your point, Robin, I take that to heart every day. Like I wake up every day thinking, what are we leaving in terms of legacy? It's not a financial legacy. It's like, how are we evolving? Again, the sacrifices that our parents make to come here. So what are we doing to evolve? It's funny. Someone recently asked me, he said, who would be your dream podcast guest? And I know instantly it would be talking to my dad again, right? Because I'd love to hear more about his backstory that I didn't get to do. Like I never got to record that with him. And when I did the one with mom, I learned stuff that I never knew, which was just eye-opening. But I'd love for him to see what we've continued to build with our company because it's so much bigger than what dad left when we purchased his little block of business. We've grown it into this rapidly growing company, very successful company. And I'd love to just show him that. And one of the things that I was super proud of and I shared with my family when dad passed away, he was very well known in the insurance industry. And I had put the notice on LinkedIn just because maybe it's not appropriate, but because he knew so many people in the industry, I thought, okay, well, we can put the dad passed away. And the outpouring of comments and just pure love. And the most common theme that we got back was your dad made us feel a certain way. And I thought, wow, like he left the mark on people. He left this legacy. And of course, me carrying on that business are big shoes to fill. But, you know, you talk about legacy. I just feel, wow, we have an opportunity to have that impact on people so that when you are gone, Hopefully I can fill those shoes and people are saying, well, Robin really built something that had an impact on people's lives. And with Al and Joe, those are my other business partners. For me, that's part of the legacy that I want to leave behind. So that's, sorry, it was a bit of a right turn, I know, but when you touched on your parents and, and it's interesting to hear that your wife has a similar story and it sounds like you don't take that for granted and you know now you're doing with your own kids and creating those opportunities. And I bet your parents and your wife's parents are looking back and saying, that's why we did what we did. Right. And, you know, you say it. And again, I have this amazing opportunity to constantly talk to people in our business, right, that we've helped. And I'll actually come and tell those stories to my kids, right? Because it's one of those things where, what does daddy do 
and you talk about insurance, right? You talk about insure tech and their friends are gonna be like, what the heck is that, right? So obviously they're born and raised, right? Knowing exactly what it is, but those stories are really important, right? So they really understand that there's business and there's a business of helping people and that's the business we're in, right? And it's always hard to wrap your head around that, right? Yeah. It's important for sure. I kind of like that we've gone down this path, which leads me to another question related to what you were just talking about. What's success look like to you? What's success look like? Yeah. For me personally, like I said, it's being able to leave a mark where people can look at you've helped people. And I say this all the time that sometimes in the industry, it'll get a bad rap, right? You'll hear about the claims that didn't go through, right? Or the lengthy processes or the paperwork and those sorts of things. But I say this all the time at its core, at its core, man, this is a community of people that want to help people. That's where it started. That was the foundation, right? So people going to war and the tribe making sure that if somebody doesn't come back, we're helping each other, right? Like at its core, that's what it is. And I just want to make sure that we're getting back to that place and getting back to a place where people are going to look at that. I'm so happy that this process was easy. It helped me. It helped my family, gave me peace of mind. And those are words we use all the time but we live them, breathe them every day. And like I said, what success looks like for me is that I need my family to see and understand how I help people and how they're gonna look at them one day and say, your dad really helped change and evolve something, whether it's on the business front, whether it's me coaching children at sports and I love coaching, I'm a sport fanatic. And a lot of it is same thing, right? And I've had some of these kids like 10 years later going, you know what? you really helped me become a better person, right? And not so many words, but I'll remember it because it's not about, are we trying to win the game? No, it's not. You're trying to create better citizens and better people, better humans. You're speaking my language when it comes to coaching. I used to coach my kids when they were younger and exactly right. It's not about winning. And I heard something said by someone one time when you're coaching kids, and that was simply that you don't want to be that kid's last coach because they quit the year that you coached them because it wasn't fun. Right. That kind of stuck with me that that's really what it's all about. And you said it, you know, raising kids to be good citizens right. when they grow up. So right. I couldn't agree with you more. And this world gets so complicated these days, right, Al? Like, like, how do we get back to a place where like, there's so many distractions and just so many things out there. And again, like people being people, being good humans, like it changes this world. It changes the planet for sure. It does. You know, when you're talking about coaching, as you were talking about that, and Al's my business partner and friend, and and I've seen him coaching. My other business partner has been a long involvement in baseball and, and such a great coach and great person as well. And I was happy to hear you said, people are coming back to you 10 years later. Wait till they come back to you 30 or 40 years later, because I'm sitting here at 53 years old, and I still remember when I was six years old, my coach, who was just such a wonderful guy. And really, that was the reason why I played 16 years of soccer. It was because of him. It was because of him. And I know that shaped who I am. So really, really cool. Before we get to Al's signature question, because we kind of took a different turn on this podcast, and I'm happy we did, because I think this is really great. And I, I love getting to know people outside of business and who they are and what they represent. And, and I like who I'm talking to. So this is really great. What else should people know 
maybe some final thoughts about Samus Insurance because people are going to hear this and what happens every single time when the episode's released, I'm overloaded with DM. So what's some parting thoughts about what they should know? What do you want people to take away from this episode? It's a great question. And by the way, I love the twists and turns we took today. It's really cool for me to experience. I think I'll go back to the origin story for us. And again, we spent a lot of time talking about family. So I'm actually going to go back to that place. So our daughter is like a beautiful, intelligent, talented 13-year-old now. So I'll get that out of the way. But 13 years ago, we're going through, again, our first child. So there's lots of really good and happy emotions there. And we got to that situation a few weeks ahead of the actual anticipated delivery date, which is going to be, you know, vaginal birth. And we got to that last appointment where they basically said, the care team said, and given my wife the choice going, we actually know where this is going to end up. So inevitably, we're probably going to get to the place where it's actually a cesarean section. And so we just want to give you that option now to do so. And the moment she made that decision to say, yeah, like might as well mitigate risk and let's go ahead and do this. The tone changed where they were talking then more to me, to be honest about all the risks now associated with this procedure and risk to my wife's life and to baby's life. And what was interesting there was we had both been professionals with our own investment portfolios and our own term life and all those sorts of things. I mean, like we'd been coming together, but of course I'm from the industry. So I knew the first thing I was doing was getting a juvenile policy for our baby. Once the baby was born, getting the RASP set up, but that was all predicated on baby's arrival, birth certificates, all sorts of things, as you both know, but also included the coming together of our collective portfolio as well. So what is a whole life or UL product sorts? So our advisor was actually helping us through all that. But we actually didn't execute on it because it was all predicated on baby's arrival. All this stuff was going to come together. So, of course, my wife is visibly shaken by now somebody saying that you actually may not make it. So she's now worried about me and worried about baby. And I'm talking about, and she's like, well, hun, what do we do if that happens? And I'm trying to be you know, the strong partner saying, like, don't worry about that. Let's not worry about it. Let's think positive. She's like, no, seriously, what happens? And so my first thought was, okay, I don't want to talk about it, but let's talk about it. So if that happens, which is not, I've got my mom, I've got your mom, they would absolutely help and we'd be fine. And then she looks at me going, I wouldn't want you to have to worry about working for a little while. I want you to focus on the baby. So you're thinking about this morbid thought, right? So she's on the call with our advisor saying all those things we had started to put in place, execute on them. So that answer then was the, well, I'm not going to be able to turn it around in time. And second, you just told me that you're going in to a major procedure. I'm not going to get you underwritten. They will do it, but it won't be enforced until you come out the other side. So that was 13 years ago. And we looked far and wide. I've worked for no medical guaranteed issue insurance companies as well. And I know we couldn't find that on demand product. So I think about those emotions, even talking to you right now, like I can't believe sitting in the car thinking about that. And when our second child, my wife was even amplified on that risk now. Now it's leaving a husband and a baby and a toddler, right? So that's what I want people to realize. Like there's these moments of mortality that you have and it's okay. You need to be able to mitigate that thought because 
One of the things that's really important we talk to employers and folks in HR and chief people officers with this solution, this is about mental health and wellness. That's ultimately what this is. This is not about fear-mongering. This is not the, there's a risk, you may die. This is, if you think about your medical journey, it's a pie. There's lots of things to prepare for. There's lots of things to consider. The financial piece is one sliver of that pie that can heighten some anxiety, cause a little bit of stress. So we just want to remove that off the table. And that's the part that is the origin story that I want people to remember. And this is about ultimately understanding that your people are going to come through this milestone in their life, which is surgery. And they may feel anxious. They may feel stressed. Let's relieve that because one of the greatest indicators, and my brother's a neurologist, by the way. And so he's obviously on my advisory council, as you can imagine. And he'll always share with me one of the greatest indicators of a positive outcome of a medical procedure is someone's stress and anxiety levels down. That's the bedside manner that they always have to engage in is kind of make sure that you're comfortable. So this is one of those solutions. I am very glad I asked the question. Very glad because that was a great way to cap off what we're talking about here today. And I'm glad you tied it in. I'm glad you, you know, specifically mentioned mental health and wellness because that is so top of mind for employers. I mean, Al and I and Joe, we're running a company that we started back in 2005 and we've grown pretty significantly and more so lately. And that is certainly top of mind for us too, not only for us as the leaders of the organization, but our entire team. And your answer really provided some insight into how you can assist on that. So that was really good. I'm glad I asked the question. I'm going to share something earlier. You had said, Leon, that we were talking about a Netflix show. I don't know if you've have you seen the show on Netflix? I think it's called The Saint of Second Chances. No. Okay. It is a good show if you want to watch. It's kind of a baseball show. So you like baseball. It's an interesting story. But the reason I bring this up, you said you have a 13-year-old daughter. Yes? Yeah. I will probably butcher the quote from the movie. But basically, the fellow in the show, he talks about his daughter. And he basically says, oh, something to the effect of when you have a young daughter, you look at them and you touch their hand for the first time and then they take that hand and they reach into your chest and they tear your heart out and they hold it in their hand and they say to you you think this is your heart no this belongs to me now something to that effect i'm sure you can relate to that if you have a 13 year old daughter yeah absolutely anyway as soon as you said that i recalled that so it's a great movie you might want to watch it nice and it, it applies to 10 year old sons as well so <laughs> <laughs> yes that's i'm sure that's true but there's something about a daughter that makes it even yeah <laughs> stronger for some reason with a father sure are you ready for the final question sure all right let's see how this goes there's a saying that says, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Yeah, I'll probably mesh a little bit of business and personal, but as I alluded to before, from a professional perspective, trying to build this business where people will look at it years and say, that was the reason why we created new businesses, or that's the reason why I felt safe and I felt protected. And again, that's the trees we're trying to plant and what legacies that leave. But again, it's also helping my children to be you know, the best 
humans and citizens. They can be their friends, the children I coach, right? Like I get so much joy out of that because it's important, right? They're going to take care of us at some point as well. So how they do so. And again, you're going to leave that. And I love that proverb. I want to get that from you. I'm probably going to put it up someplace in the office because I live for that. It's, it's so funny. Like I don't believe in coincidences and I love that. That's what I wake up every day thinking about is that what does this look like 10 years from now? What does it look like 20 years from now? And have we done the best we could for this earth and for this generation that's going to take care of it? That's great. I'm glad we had this conversation and I'm glad we took a couple of twists and turns along the way because I think we found out a little bit more about you, Leon, as a person, as opposed to just talking shop all day. So appreciate that. Thank you. Exactly. Love it. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and thanks for sharing your story and being so open because we did take those twists and turns. So I appreciate it. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Samuels Insurance? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn is probably the easiest to reach out to me. Leon Penomblum you won't find another one. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where you'll find it. And if you start to type Leon, P-U-N, you'll find me. And samos.com is our website. And just maybe I'll, I'll leave on that note. People always looking at me like, why the name Samos? So I, yeah, I alluded to like, we're a data-driven company. So Samos is a little island off the coast of Greece where Pythagoras was born philosophically and mathematician, right? And so, yeah, that, that's your little, you know, making sure that the name was simple and it meant something. So That's very cool. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. You can tell Al did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. We'll see you next time.